Hello, it's the 22nd of November 2019. This is my first podcast in a very long time, mainly because there's been a lot of things going on in my life. I've gotten married, um, job changes everywhere, things going on, lots of travel. So um, I haven't really had the time to do a podcast, but I wanted to finish off really my, my kind of round of podcasts with women's football talking about the team that I support here in Sweden, uh, Linköping FC. Now, you don't have to go into my history to know that I've been supporting Linköping for around about eight years now. I first moved to Sweden in 2012 and I tried to find a football team, that, uh, an all-svenskan team that I could follow because I was missing seeing Chelsea back home. Lo and hold, I went to a few games, didn't really find a team, still haven't found a team, probably will never find a team in Allsvenskan. So I kind of lived in North Shopping at the time and to fast forward a couple of uh, years. I became a fan of Linköping, I've been watching them now for seven years. Since I left North Shopping and moved to Stockholm back in 2015, I've not really seen them as much as I did um, when I lived in North Shopping because it was only 35 minutes on the train. But I've still seen them seven or eight times a season uh, away from home, uh, more than home, because it's now that there aren't many Stockholm teams in uh, Damalsvenskan, it's not going to be so easy moving forward. But um, this really is just a quick summary, I think, of Linköping and their season. Now, when I first, when I first started support Linköping, they were what I call a yo-yo team. By the way, please excuse my voice, I've suffered from flu for almost two weeks now so I'm just recovering my voice but Linköping for me have always been a yo-yo team they're a team that has either fantastic seasons or they have kind of really poor seasons and when I first started watching them in 2012 they had for me one of the best teams in 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 I would say not just Amosvenskin but Europe you had some incredible players you had Lotte Rolin you had Mila Fischer you had um, Mana Mellis up front, you had Lisa Devani, you had Louise uh, Fors or Shilgord, you had Petra Larson. Um, I mean, you know, every player in that team was, was pretty much an international, border international. And it was pretty frustrating to watch that team at times because some days they would go out and they would destroy teams. I remember watching one game, I think it was against Pitiol, where they won 12 0. And I think the next week they lost 3 1 against the, the bottom team of the league. But fast forward a couple of years, back to, uh, you know, three, four years ago, and, you know, Lin Chirping became, which was amazing to see champions, uh, back-to-back champions, or two times champions. And, you know, that, that team was a solid team. They went through a, ch- a change of, or a, a period of transition where they had a new manager. I mean, Martin was, was phenomenal, and now he's gone on to manage a national team. And then slowly, slowly, after the the last championship, it started to kind of fall apart. I think, you know, women's football is one of these uh, leagues or, you know, areas of of, of the world where football is, that it goes in spurts. It's like, you know, one year, one league is is really the biggest, and then the next year, it's another league. You know, 2013, it was all about America, and then it was Australia, and then it was Sweden, and then suddenly it's become two years ago France and Germany and then now it's the UK or the English league and you know the the bad side about that is that most of the Swedish players will move abroad now if you look at the back four of the team you know 2015 you had 
Jessica Samuelson, you had Magdalena Eriksson, you had Neela Fisher, and you had Jonna Anderson just in defence. And, you know, Jonna and Magdalena are now at Chelsea, and, you know, Chelsea have just signed Sammy Kerr, probably one of the most exciting and, if not one of the best strikers in the world. Neela Fisher went to Wolfsburg and had incredible success. Thankfully, she's come back. Fingers crossed she won't be as injured as she was last season because she only played, I think it was two games for Lynn Sherping. But, you know, Neela's a, Neela's a one-off. She's one of those players that is, you know, kind of at the end of her time. And, uh, you know, I hope that she plays on for another four to five years. But we all have to kind of, you know, realise that time catches up with us all. She's an inspirational leader, uh, rightful captain, I feel. And it's going to be great to see her back next year. Jessica went to Arsenal. Uh, had a really bad few years with injuries and is now back at Rosengord. And you look at the attack, you look at players like Peniel Harder, who's gone to Wolfsburg as well, now captain, doing phenomenal stuff. And the thing about Linköping is that they get all these amazing players, but then it's almost like they just let them go. And, you know, I look at players like Blackstenius, who has gone, went to France and now come back. But I, you know, Aslani, another one. And it isn't for me about the money. I really don't think it's about that because, you know, what I've learned about Linköping is that they're a team that has pride. You know, their fans are crazy. I mean, the the, the flock, you know, th these guys travel up and down Sweden, you know, sun, wind, rain and snow. I mean, I feel guilty for not going to that many games the last couple of years. These guys are just like hardcore fans, you know. They're, they are like, <clears throat> for me, the best supporters in Damelsvenskan, if not what I've seen in women's football. They're incredible. Um, and, you know, sometimes I actually feel that the loyalty of the players doesn't really give the fans what they deserve. Sometimes I feel that these players almost like treat Linköping like a stepping stone to, to a higher more personal goal and don't get me wrong women's football isn't men's football it's getting better equality in countries like Australia and you know Denmark and New Zealand is is really amazing to see but at the same time club football is really not stepping up to the level that I see it being and when I look at you know all of these games that you know, women's players. Oh, we we had sixty thousand at this game, and fifty thousand in Italy, and forty five thousand in Spain. When you dig deep into that, free tickets that a lot of these clubs give away don't really fix the problem. It's almost like you're papering over a crack in the wall. You know, um, giving away free tickets, yes, it boosts crowds. It, it makes crowds like forty, fifty thousand. But at the same time. I don't really think that it solves the problem when the crowds in two weeks later go back down to 1,000 or 2,000. And Lynn Sherping, for me, have had that kind of transitional period with the fan base as well. I've been to some games where I think it was one of their sponsors gave away free tickets and there were, you know, two and a half, three thousand there and it was amazing. The next week there was like 200. And, you know, you need to sell tickets in order to invest in the club. You know, a lot of these leagues, like the English league, are now getting huge sponsorships from, from Barclays. You know, Sweden doesn't have that right now. And when you look at the Linköping shirts, you know, there's more sponsors on there than there is a billboard in Piccadilly Circus or Times Square. I mean, there has to be some solid investment. And that really should come with, for me, lowering the price of the tickets by half and then encouraging more people to pay. Because the more people pay, the more people will go and watch. So let's look at this season for Linköping, shall we? 
Ah, what a season. Um, wow, it's been weird for me. <clears throat> uh, another one of those seasons where it's been a bit up and down. A yo-yo season, as I call it. Um, you know, they've lost a lot of players. The two that really kind of stand out for me is Anna Oskarsson and uh, Philippa Ang. Engeldahl, uh, who went to Gothenburg and Oskarsson went to Eskilstuna. Um, they've also lost uh, Bogren, they've lost uh, Hashemi, they've lost Holmgren, they've lost Ravnell and uh, Petter's daughter as well. Not sure which clubs they've gone to. I haven't really been reading the news for the last couple of weeks. But, you know, losing kind of like four, what I would say, really good players for me uh, in Deshemi, um uh, Bogren, excuse me, uh, Angledal and Oskarsson, you know, they've replaced them with, okay, let's look at who we've got back. We've got uh, Johanna Ong uh, from uh, Lindo. Don't know much about her, but I think that what I've seen of her, I think I've seen her play two or three times, she could be uh, somebody for the future. Uh, Anderson back from uh, Pity or in goal, I mean, that is a big, big signing. I mean, nothing against... Um, our defence or goalkeeper last season but there were some games where it didn't really work for me and I think that Anderson when she left Linchirping I felt that was a big gap uh, that we didn't ever replace and I really think that her coming back uh, is going to be you know for me 25 or 40 percent of the problems we've had this season so honestly great to see Anderson back in goal and we've also got uh, Ronya Adamson from Pitio as well um, another great player. I mean, I, I think that she's going to fit into the squad very well. Players under contract. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of players uh, under contract, including Nila Fisher. Um, you got Lena Hertig. Obviously, I think Steena's up until 2020. Um, Alva Sellerud, for me, is a player that I really think deserves more game time. When I've seen her play in the cup games and I've seen her play like pretty much wide, she really gives something to the squad that not many players can really hold. Uh, Wilma Tornqvist as well, another young player that I think is going to be really focusing big next season. Um, and we've got Emma Lennartson, of course, um, you know, Landstrom, Johanna Arm as well, signed to 2021. So there is a lot of backbone in the team, but there's still for me missing something. And for me, really, it's all about concentration for Linchirping. I'm just looking at the home and away form last season. In terms of the home form, we only conceded four goals at home all season in the league. Four goals. Away, we were, I think, mid-table. I think we were third on home form. Mid-table, I believe we were ninth. And there's a massive problem between the home and away form. Now, for me as a football club, when I look at my men's team back home in Chelsea, I kind of see similar patterns, but the opposite. Away, they're amazing. They've just won their seventh away game in the league out of seven, which equals the record of Chelsea Football Club since 1991, I believe. Linchirping is the opposite. They don't have this incredible away form. All they have is like, a great home form but when they go away from home something happens maybe it's concentration maybe it's the travel maybe it's something needs to to really work next season on on away form because away form for me is so important because if Lynn Chirping had won four of those away games the 12 they would have finished in third place possibly second given goal difference but it's happened two seasons running now and why is the home form so good but the away form so bad? 
and it's something that I can't really put my finger on. Only the squad, only the manager, only the training can really answer that question. My thoughts are that it is a concentration issue. You know, it's it's not the fans. You know, the the flock, those guys and, and ladies, I mean, Jesus, man, they, they travel up and down the breadth of the country from from Skorna to Norland to, you know, east to west. I mean, those fans go and watch the team and I don't think they really deserve the performances or some of the performances that Lynn Sherping have given us this season or the season just gone. I'm not saying we're going to be champions next year. We won't be. There's This is a, a new, you know, it, you look at Manchester United in the men's team, you look at Arsenal in the, men, in the men's game, you know, even into Milan, AC Milan, you know, even Real Madrid and Barcelona are going through changes. We're going through that change again, but it's really about making sure that the concentration is the same for the home and away. If we can get that right next season, I think we'll be challenging top three. Don't see any reason why we can't challenge top two. If we don't win the league, get in the Champions League. For me, that's a huge bonus. But the most important thing is that I really just want the club to start believing that you know the fans are not just here to wave flags and you know clack bells and you know, hit a few drums and stuff. We're here because we support this team. We're here because we look forward to the season. We look forward to going to these games. We look forward to getting on a, a train or a bus or taking a minibus or, you know, driving. And it's not just home, it's away as well. And I really just want, you know, Lynn Sherping to be more united next season. There's obviously been a few news reports lately about disagreements between the managerial structure and the players. You know, two have left because of that. But you know, that's then, this is now. It's, tw it's 2020 in six weeks. You know, the season begins in, you know, March or April. Let's start with a brand new clean slate. Let's get Neela Fisher back. We don't, you know, she's not a superstar. She's just a player that wears her heart on her sleeve. She's inspirational to any young player coming through. We've got really good young players. Lennartson, I mean, you know, Blackstenius up front. We've lost some great players like Aslani. We've lost, like I said, the defence in the last couple of years of Ericsson, Anderson, Samuelson and um, um, Fisher, who's now back. Uh, you know, let's just really kind of kickstart this season with pride, passion and above all belief. Because I think if we can get that right, there's no reason why Linköping cannot be in the top two next season. In fact, if they're not in the top four, I would be extremely disappointed. So that's my challenge to Linköping. Um, I just want to say big up to the fans that, that go and see them every week. Because you guys are like the backbone of that club. You, 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 I just dip my hat to you guys. You, you're incredible. I mean, it, sometimes the noise deafens me, but I love it. It's like, you know... And all the other clubs have now started to get their little fan groups together. But let's just start really kind of raising the roof. And I'll be going to as many games as I can next season because I've been a bit distant this season through Chelsea and, you know, going to, to the UK and lots of other things going on. But let's big this up for 2020-21 season with Linköping and let's get us back where we belong. That's it. That's my podcast. And thanks for listening.